0: Black Church, Bronson Duke here. Thank you for listening in. Uh, We are in our Advent series, and what we're doing is we're just preparing our hearts to receive at Christmas. The Christmas season can be crazy, it can be busy, and it can stifle our souls. But what we want to do is we want to prepare our hearts to remember the meaning of Christmas and to receive all that God has for us in this season. Let's pray. God, we declare that you're worthy of it all. God, we thank you for the story that you've weaved together, and God, that we find ourselves in it. And so, God, we're here to celebrate you, Jesus. We're here to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, stay standing with me for a moment more. Uh, we're about to read from God's Word, and I've got uh, Rachel here is going to read for us. We're in Luke 2, and we're going to read verses 13 through 20, and I believe we've got it up on... When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what he had been what I'm sorry, what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God, we thank you for your word. God, we've just been journeying together uh, through Advent, and God, we thank you for how you've been with us. God, we thank you that uh, you are the word foretold. God, we thank you that you're the peace to come, you're the light to come. Today, we just celebrate you um, as the love that we all desperately search for. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, y'all, I am so thankful uh, that you're here for Candlelight. My name is Bronson. You can take a seat. You can take a seat. I'm one of the leaders and the pastors here, we've been journeying together as a community uh, over the past, gosh, four weeks. Uh, Who who could tell me? Anybody? Do a book report. Anybody tell me what the last three weeks have been? Advent, we had light, right? We talked about how Jesus is the guiding light, right? And so it's interesting. This year, we've been kind of looking together like our, our world is full of symbols. Amen? right at christmas time like our world is full of garland and wreaths and christmas lights and we've been exploring like what do our symbols mean here's the problem our world is full of symbols that have no meaning to us anymore right and so we come into the holidays and we come into the season and we have this nostalgia and we have all these things But at the end of the day, when we get in the mess of life, nostalgia is not sufficient to deal with the issues that we have. And so what we've been looking at is how does what Jesus offer us, how is it better than what the culture and what the world offers us? So we looked at uh, light, Jesus, is the guiding light in the darkest of night. Uh, We talked about how he's our peace in the midst of unspeakable pain. Y'all have never been through any pain, have you? Nobody's ever, you know, here's the reality about pain. We're all either in it, uh, we're heading towards it, or we're going back into it, right? That, that is the reality of life. And we need peace, not in the form of way out of pain, but peace in the midst of pain. Jesus is our peace in the midst of pain. Last week, we talked about joy. There was a quote that is still messing with me from somebody named Brene Brown. She said that joy is the most vulnerable emotion we can experience. Does that hit anybody else? It's the most vulnerable emotion we can experience. Why? Because we have to open ourselves up to be rejected and all the things that come with that, but Jesus gives us a joy that sustains even the most deep disappointments of life. Amen. So this week, uh, we're going to be looking at how God loves us. and um, you know, last night, I, I was having some PTSD. Uh, I was having flashbacks to 2021. Did anybody have any pipes burst in their house? Anybody? Not one? Oh my goodness. Today? Okay, today you had it happen. Okay. Uh, What about heat? Anybody's heat go down? Anybody's heat go down? Power go out? Uh, in, In 2021, we had that two foot of snow and we had the cold snap that came through and we woke up and our house was like 50 degrees And so as parents of a newborn, you know, like we're freaking out. Like kids have survived like the Arctic tundras, right? But 50 degrees, you know, we're freaking out about it. And so I go outside and we we have a a heater that basically drips slow. And so I had to go out there with a uh, blow dryer in negative eight degrees and blow dry this pipe. And then it would come back on and just kick back off. It kept freezing back up. Couldn't figure out what was going on. So under the house, I went. Dads, Anybody? because you know, the, the HVAC people couldn't get out because there was so much snow on the ground. So I get underneath the house and I see the problem with HVAC because I'm an HVAC genius. If, if, you know, <laughs> if you know me, that is the biggest joke. I'm the least handy guy in the room, I promise you. Um, and so I get down there and, and I, I did, I, I was on the phone with an HVAC guy and he, he, he asked me what to look for. I found the problem. But that actually was not our biggest problem. The biggest problem was that in the middle of the night, our main sewage pipe that all of the sewage to the house runs through had become unseated, okay? So I get down there and like by the grace of God, it, it, it must have only been unseated for like maybe like 30 minutes. There was basically nothing on the ground. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. I, I spent 16 hours <laughs> under the house that day trying to get this pipe put back together. And, and here's what I know. If, if I hadn't found that, if the heat hadn't gone out, in about March, when it started getting hot, it was going to stank, right? It was going to smell like boo-boo all up in my house, and, and we would have had a mess. Y'all, here's the reality, amen, here's the reality of, of what, what Christmas highlights for us is that we all have messes in our life, amen? Some of you guys in here, you may be in a mess, all of us go through this. We go through emotional messes. Y'all, there are weeks where it's like every other day you're just up and you're down. You can't figure out what's going on. We have these things happen in our life. We have crises of emotion. Some of you guys may be in a financial mess. You're struggling with your finances right now. You could be in an intellectual mess. Like maybe you're not a Jesus follower and you're searching for meaning and you're searching for life and you're trying to figure it out. But there's no transcendent being. There's nothing outside of yourself that's helping you and you're just in this intellectual mess. He could be in a spiritual mess. He could be in a relational mess. Y'all, in in our text this morning, we find God, just think about this, we find God, the creator, entering his creation, not to the pomp and and the fanfare of royalty, but into obscurity and poverty. Think about, compare this birth to like the birth of a a new Windsor, right? The British royal family. Like think about the tabloids, the paparazzi, all this thing that our world says should accompany royalty, but here is God, the king of the world, being born into a town that the only reason we've heard his name is because he was born there, right? God was born into the world and no one of significance even noticed He didn't go to Rome. He wasn't born there. He wasn't born in New York City because it didn't exist. He was born in Bethlehem. And y'all listen, he was born into an absolute mess. He was born into controversy. From the outside, just think about this, from the outside, he's the illegitimate child of a teenage mother. He was born into poverty. They only had the means when traveling to put the boy in a feeding trough for livestock. He was born into obscurity. Y'all, all of my children were born with more fanfare than Jesus. Think about that. Let that settle in. Why did God choose to be born this way? Why did he enter into such a mess? The answer is because this is the human experience. Right? Controversy, has anybody ever had any of that? Poverty could be financial or relational. Here's the reality. Some of the richest people on the planet are some of the loneliest. Obscurity. Y'all, we've all had moments where we feel like absolutely no one sees us. Y'all, the wonder of Christmas is that God entered into our mess. Luke 2, 15 through 16, says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. He wasn't born into a palace for kings. He was born to peasants who didn't even have a crib. Think about that. They didn't even have a crib to lay him in. He was placed into the food trough for livestock. You know, he chose the lowly and he chose to enter into our dysfunction, does anybody in here have a dysfunctional family? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> Some of you guys were ju- like, boom, couldn't even get to it. Y'all, the Duke family history is the Wild West, okay? I'm just telling you. We have rum runners and drunks and baseball players and politicians and pastors all the way back as far as we can look. Y'all, my family is, is wild. My family's crazy. Callie, amen. My family, <laughs> she, she not say too loud. Amen too loud. Um, <laughs> But y'all listen, the, the family Jesus chose to be born into was crazier. There were prostitutes in his lineage in the Bible. There were murderers. There were kings and priests in his lineage. There were deceivers. you know he had it all. Why would he do it this way? Because listen, if you're in a mess this season, the message of Christmas is that God didn't speak a word from far away. God came and he entered into it. Yo, know, the story of Christmas is that God showed up. Have you ever had somebody show up in a moment where you just needed someone to show up in your life? Like that friend who called or that person who came. Yo, know, God showed up. He sat with cheaters. Think about this. Think about this. He sat with cheaters. He sat with liars. He sat with prostitutes and sinners. He sat with the hurting and the broken. you in know, the mind-blowing truth of the incarnation is that God has come to sit at our table. God has come to sit at your table. Y'all, you know, listen, in the midst of my deepest pains, in the midst of my addiction, God came and sat down with me in my mess. He didn't leave me alone in it. In the midst of my pride and my stubbornness and my workaholism and all these different things that I've dealt with, God has come and He sat with me in the middle of my mess. And y'all, in the midst of family pain, deep pain, God sat and was with me in the middle of my mess. Point two, and I'm going to land the plane here. Why is that? It's because His wondrous love restores. The wondrous love of God. What is the love of God? The love of God is not just that he's some distant, disconnected, hey, I love you, I'll see you around. The love of God is that God comes and he enters into our lives. And he doesn't just enter in, but he actually has something to do. He has ways to help us. So God loves us in the midst of our mess, but he loves us too much to keep us there. He came for us. J.I. Packer said this, he said, love is a principle of action rather than emotion. Love is a principle of action rather than emotion. Yo, know, it's action. Listen to me. For Christians, non-Christians alike, the gospel is not just the minimum requirement to get you into some obscure idea of heaven. The gospel is the power of God to enter into your mess, to transform your life, and to save your life today. He gives us a future hope, absolutely. But y'all, I believe the best part of it is that he gives us hope for today. We're gonna close here in Isaiah 61, and I think they've got it up on the screens, but if you have a Bible with you or a phone with you, if one of your kids is not wrestling with it right now, Turn to Isaiah 61. We're going to read verses one through four. And this is a significant verse because when Jesus started his ministry, he gave a mission statement in Luke chapter four. If you want to understand what an organization is about, you look to their mission statement. Here's the mission statement of Jesus. That's what he says in Isaiah 61. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. This is a prophecy that Jesus spoke out. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and the release of darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's what? Favor. Y'all, the year of the Lord's favor is something called jubilee. And, And what God wrote into the nation of Israel, who this was written to, was something called a year of jubilee, which the year of jubilee was a year of restoration. Like if you found yourself in the community in generational adjunct or abject poverty, like you had just lost everything, it was a reset within the community. But here's the reality. The Israelites never truly experienced a year of jubilee. They never truly experienced the full release of debt. Here's what Jesus is saying. I'm coming to give you the thing that your, lo- your heart most longs for. I'm coming to bring equity among the people. I'm coming to bring restoration to blo- broken places. Let's keep reading. He says, I'm here to provide comfort for all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they'll be called oaks of righteousness. Y'all Listen. Look at me. Some of you guys, you're in a place in life, you're in this holiday season, and you're looking at your life, and it's in a mess. Here's the promise of God. There is no pit that you can run into that he will not reach down and pull you out of. There is no destruction and mess you can bring into your life that he cannot use and redeem for his glory. He will call you an oak of righteousness, planting you in the Lord for the display of his splendor. And this is what it says. Those people will rebuild the ancient ruins. Listen to me your family history, the things that have happened in your family, all that stuff, God is saying, I will redeem it and I will renew it. I will restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Y'all, this is the promise of God. This is why Jesus came at Christmas. And so y'all, candlelight, what we're about to do here in a second is a bold declaration that despite the darkness that God's light is breaking out. He's restoring the mess day by day until one day he returns again in glory to establish his kingdom. Y'all, we join in his being light to the world. Think about that. I wish we could, if it wasn't so cold and so windy, maybe we'd do it. In my church growing up, we would do the candlelight and then we would all carry our light out into the world and we'd sing Silent Night. How beautiful is that? And so what we're going to do is we're going to come together, not outside because it's Suck cold. (laughs) But we're going to light these candles. And y'all, this isn't just empty ceremony. This isn't just nostalgia. We're saying, God, because your light has come, God, we celebrate that and we will embody it and we will be your light. And in this, just for some of you guys in here, I want to take a moment. I want to pray for some of you ask for the light of God to break into your family this year, into the mess of your family. Ask for the light of God to break into your relationships, into your jobs, into your unruly toddlers, (laughs) in your marriages. And y'all, what we want to do here is we want to leave here praising God for all he's done and all he's yet to do. Amen? I want to take a moment and I, I found a quote, I want to pray it over you, uh, from a guy named, uh, named Ray Pritchard. And it's just simple. Uh, but this is our, our hope through this Advent season, that you, that you would have this. So bow your heads all across the room. If you're in here, we'll start here. If you're in here and, and you're just in a place where you're in that mess and you need the light of God, I'd love to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to identify yourself or raise your hand. I'm just going to ask you to receive. I'd love to pray for you. God, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. God, I pray that you would enter right now into a health mess, God, into a relational mess, a financial mess, and God, that you would just be a guiding light. We trust you for that in Jesus' name. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. I just want to pray this over you. May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the magi, and the peace of the Christ child. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review, things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, If you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at at NLCDowntownLittleRock to follow along with the life of our church.